The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. I'm Jason Finn, and I've got a very special treat for you all today. I'm here with Marjorie Alabastro. Marjorie is my friend and is a real estate broker with Baird Warner in Lincoln Park. Marjorie, thanks for being here with me today. Thank you for having me today, friend and colleague. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome to see your face here in the studio. Uh, and I want to learn all about you. I know a little bit about you, mm-hmm. but I want to learn more. Uh, there's a lot to know, so I will <laughs> I will share generously. <laughs> all right, excellent. Uh, we first met maybe about five years ago mm-hmm. when you came into the Baird & Warner office, but you were in real estate before that already, and you've been in the industry for, for more than a little bit. Yes, forever, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, since right out of college, almost. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started in, uh, my father, I was one of those poor children who had was the daughter of an architect, child of an architect, yeah. so my whole life was uh, on job sites and talking about architecture and buildings and commercial and residential. And so I really grew up in that. Um, I tried to segue out uh, for my university time. And what is the Italians? And they pulled me back in. (laughs) They keep pulling me back in. (laughs) Those Italians. And that's exactly what happened. And so uh, I, I, after college, I went to work with my father and was in development and then uh, corporate development and then residential sales. So it's That's been a so journey cool. to here, but yeah. it's been a good one. So when you were young, he would actually drag you around to job sites and you would... We would go to church yeah. on Sundays and yeah. then we'd hit the job sites. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, whether it was a subdivision it, you know, out in the burbs or we'd be out by O'Hare looking at some warehouse space and um, what he was building and working on at the time. Yeah. Absolutely. All the time. Okay. Yeah. And so when you were in school, did you ever, did you consider that you might do something else or did you feel like it was a foregone conclusion that you... I had no idea yeah. it would be um, going into... They, they definitely let me think yeah. that I was going to have choice. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that never happened. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's it sort of drew in your brother and your sister too, right? I mean, yeah, I everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Other, yeah. Well, uh, I have a sister who's in, uh, who's it older, is a teacher. Okay. And um, I have a brother who's in sales and he lives in Arizona. And then my other two siblings are... Yeah, and circling yeah. around real estate as well. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, so um, when uh, when they came into the business, uh, they sort of staggered in at different times, right? Sure, staggered in, staggered out. Stag- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Yeah. So you, but what you, it seemed to me that you really welcomed them in with open arms, and they kind of just had to feel it out to see if it was for them. I think so. I mean, I think this is such a career where you have to be self motivated. I think people in real estate are incredible, at least at the Baird and Warner office and offices that I've been a part of have been really generous and sharing. Most people want to see you succeed. Yeah. They will give you, give generously of their time and their knowledge, but then it's really up to you whether you're going to be successful or not. For sure. And so, you know, I, I'm very much the same way. I, w- I would love to help someone, but they really have to sink or swim on their own. And you have to be really motivated and, and want to do this. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. They've come in and I'll help them as much as I can. But everybody's got to build their own business and be successful on their own two feet. For sure. Yeah. It's, I've, seen, uh, I've seen you um, not only interact with them, but I've seen the way you interact with your clients. And it's uh, from my from my estimation, it's a very similar thing. You give them all of the tools they need 
to make their own decisions, but you set them up for success and then watch to see what they do with it. Is that is that sort of your philosophy or how do you approach? Yeah. I mean, I have definitely learned to understand that I am not them, right? I have knowledge. I have um, I, I can help guide them through the process, but in the end, I was re- actually just working on a, a, a deal with someone, and the, they said to me, "Do you like the home?" And I said, "Hey, if you like the home, <laughs> I like the home. Yeah. What it comes down to is, it is a solid investment. That's my job to help you with. Is it safe? Is it you know? Are there inspection issues we're going to need to deal with? Sure. How do we manage this multi you know offer situation? But if this is where you see yourself." My job is to help you get there. My job is not to tell you, you know, I really prefer a tutor. (laughs) I'm not living here with you. Right. Um, But yeah, my job is to provide all of the information to help them be successful in their goals. And um, so I've I've learned to kind of separate myself from what I like versus what they like and help them to be successful. Yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. I mean, it's it's clear to me from the outside to see the way you work with your clients, that they that they respect that and that they know that, you know, you have their best interests in mind, but that you also make way for them to make their decisions. Absolutely. That's pretty great. Do you have any um do you have any stories of uh, you know, really uh, weird showings or crazy deals or I do. Yeah. I have I have one <laughs> I have one funny one where I actually didn't work with these people all the way through. It was um, a first meeting and um, I wanna say they were I think they were an Iranian family, okay. and so there was some cultural stuff going on. And um, when I got there, they had brought extended family with them. And we were looking through the house, and, and the mother or mother-in-law, she didn't speak English. But so we were doing little hand signals sure, and yeah. you know, gesturing. <laughs> and then at one point, she came over, and as we're going through the house, she took my hand. almost, And she was shorter than me. I was taller, and almost like a parent and a child in a way. <laughs> And she was was holding on to it. Okay. And so all of a sudden I was just kind of like talking to the other people, but I'm holding her hand and I'm looking at her and smiling and she's looking at me and smiling and we're nodding. And, and the whole showing, then we walked through and we, we held hands and it was very wow. uncomfortable for me. <laughs> I didn't know what to do because yeah. I'm like, is this... Is this cultural? Is this just unique to this person? I'm just going to run with it. And so, well, the rest of the family went and looked at cabinets and closets. I walked through and I was holding her hand. hand. So we had a moment, Mm -hmm. but then we didn't work together in the future, which was... You know, but I've never held anybody else's hand. <laughs> Did you make it under the holiday card list? Or no, that was the end no. of the experience. <laughs> that was it. That's Maybe funny. she did. Maybe that was her MO. She yeah. went around and held yeah. agents' hands. But <laughs> I feel fortunate. What What should people know? What should uh, home buyers or home sellers know about the real estate market or the industry or the job that you have that they that they don't? You know, I think what it comes down to is a lot of people look at this from the outside and think it's a very easy and very glamorous job. Yeah. And it is not. <laughs> I can I can tell it's you have to be um, you have to have a certain skill set. You have to have um, you know, in my opinion, you have to have a care for your clients. I always say when um when I work with my clients, I'm your new best friend for a very short period of time. Yeah, we might even be, hold hands. Yeah, we might yeah. hold hands. <laughs> Walk together um into the sunset. And uh so it, it's it's a very intense pro these days it's a very intense process. Yeah. Years ago it could take a long time to buy. I feel like now when people know they're gonna buy. And, and this may change again. I'm sh- it will change again. 
Um, but right now it's a very intense process where we spend a lot of time together. We get out, we see things quickly, we get into very intense, you know, multiple offer situations, and um, we kind of have to trust each other. Uh, and I think that people think there's this, you're rolling around in expensive cars and wearing right. nice clothes all the time, and there's lots of times at the pool um, sipping cocktails, and, and the reality is you're down and dirty working all the time on behalf of your clients, yeah. and oftentimes don't have time for yourself. So, you know, for sure. especially during the spring market. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think we, we probably don't real people don't realize how much we give of ourselves to make this a successful proposition to work with their clients. And, um, but I love it because it's rewarding when someone is successful, I am successful. I'm so happy with what they, with, with what they've achieved for themselves. Sure. And so there's a lot of satisfaction in that. That's wonderful. I can yeah. totally appreciate that. And I think, you know, you talked about that skill set that you have to have. I always used to say, and you know, as you know, I was a real estate agent before I became yeah. a loan officer and a, and a podcast host. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I always used to say it's, it's fairly easy to become a real estate agent, but it's really difficult to become a great real estate agent. Yeah. Or to, st- or to stay one, because sure. I think to be, a, to be one where it actually sustains you, you know, financially, Sure. because I think there are a lot of, you know, people that are, you know, kicking tires and out there tooling around, but yeah. are they really a, prof- are they a professional? Absolutely. And, um, but I, I think I've always told you one of my favorite things about you is your sense of humor. And, and as an agent, you have to have a good sense of humor. <laughs> You do. And thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you talked about how much uh, of yourself you often have to give in this business in the in the course of taking care of clients and uh, that you enjoy doing that because you like yeah. to see the result. But you're also a mother. So mm-hmm. tell me how you balance your own personal time, family time, professional time. How does that work for you? I don't. <laughs> it goes in seasons. Yeah. I, well, I talk to uh, some friends and they say, well, don't you have weekends off? I say, no, I I work for 11 months of the year and then December yeah. I'm off yeah. <laughs> because it kind of feels like that's my weekend. You go through a very busy time. Um, and you are working. I mean, right now we're working seven days a week. Um, and we have to understand what, what, what the priorities are. I have two wonderful little boys that are of that age. Uh, I've got seven and 10 and they need a lot of attention too. So, um, I think the, the constraints of the business are also some, some of the benefits, which is you can work from anywhere. Um, you can, You can turn on your computer at 10 o'clock at night in your bed and do the work that you need to do, um, which allows for a lot of flexibility. But it also means, um, you know, you know, I guess I don't have that answer figured out yet. I'm still working on it. I'm working every day. But um, we do uh, I do try to do my best for my kids. The right now I'm trying to find time for myself. That's the, that's the harder part. But in a busy market, you're just happy that it's rolling along and for you're sure. successful and people are calling you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's so important that we take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And are there, uh, when, when there is a little bit of a quiet time or when the roar just sounds like street noise, do you have tricks or techniques or things that you do for yourself to find, to get back into balance or to take a little break? I, I'm, a, I, well, the one thing that I have gotten back to, I think I will credit the pandemic somewhat for it. I love to cook. I've always enjoyed cooking, um, and I hadn't been doing it as much for a while. And more recently, I've gotten back into 
spending time in the kitchen and just really preparing meals, a little Ina Gartner uh, <laughs> kind of um, uh, attention to it. And I've, I've um, been able to do that a little bit more stuff from scratch. And I do think that's nice. very important also for kids that they aren't eating all of the, you know, processed foods. And so whole meals are very um, hard to come by. And sure. that also just relaxes me and I focus on it and I shut out the rest of the world as well as getting all the sensory, the sounds of chopping, the smells of food, yeah. the sizzle, um, as well as a, a finished prepared uh, multi-course meal. And that for me is is um, a vacation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how nice. Favorite, favorite dish? A lot of Italian uh, dishes. Um, I'm a Probably the easiest and my favorite to make and my kids just love is a is a pesto, like a pe- yeah. Genovese pesto pasta. That's yeah. so funny because my daughter loves pesto. Oh. And I wouldn't have thought of that as something that that kids would prefer, but it's when it's done for, like with real basil yeah. and parmesan, it is just absolutely delicious and and really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. My uh my dinner card is open, so you know just <laughs> Just say the word. Absolutely. Yeah. Our table's big <laughs> enough for more. <laughs> Did you want to talk a little bit about, we we had a brief conversation before we started recording about the science of reading, yeah. and, that, and that intrigued me. <laughs> so um, I have, I think, we, well, my oldest son was diagnosed a couple of years ago with dyslexia and ADHD, okay. and I had to dive headfirst into this world around literacy and um, education and Right now, there's a movement that's gained a lot of steam over the last couple of years called the science of reading. Hmm. And I just think people should know about it. If you don't know about it, Google it, get involved, because literacy and the ability to read is one of the largest social justice issues of our time. It is one of the easiest to solve. But unfortunately, we've had some special interests that have... um, kind of pulled us away from what we know in terms of neurology and science, how children read. Right now, two-thirds of kids in elementary school are not proficient readers. Wow. And one-third of them can't basically can't read at all. And our education system is pushing this through. So it, dyslexia got me into it, mm-hmm. but I have learned that um, right now we need to kind of come together as a community, people who care about children, and make sure that they're getting the access to the true education and how you need to learn to read. Because if you can't read, you can't access a lot of information. I mean, it was just going through your daily life, right? You want to rent a place. You have to sign a lease. Yeah. Think about our Chicago leases and how intense they are. Yeah. You, you want a job. You want to fill out an application. If you can't read, you don't have access to so much. Yeah. And we send our children to these public schools, uh, you know, praying that they're going to fulfill what we expect them to do, which is teach math and reading and, you know, other subjects, the fundamentals being reading and math. Yeah. And they've been struggle, struggling to do so. So I just want to bring it to people's attention because there's momentum around it now. And I think this is an issue in our day that can be solved and help just a ton of kids out there. That's so wonderful. It, it seems like something that probably most of us take for granted, that we grew up, we learned to read, that we use those tools. We don't think about the fact that we're reading when we yeah. do, and it's uh, and it's being missed. It's being missed, and you learn to talk naturally because that's an, um, like an automatronic part of your brain that mm-hmm. picks up, but reading has to be taught in a very systematic and direct way. 
and uh, they've kind of moved away from that. And yeah. so we need to get that back. Um, I went to uh, you know private school when I was growing up where phonics was very, very heavy, and we, mm-hmm. we r- very much learned that. And now you hear talk to kids, and they're not even learning phonics sometimes in school. are very uh, li- limited. Yeah. And so they've lost the ability to, um, to gain a, a huge benefit yeah. that will help them throughout their life. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. You got me thinking about that one. <laughs> you do. Is there a favorite book you have in your household? A favorite book. Um, I'm going to, well, let me think. I've been, um, I'm not going to pronounce his name right, but I've been reading um, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Okay. Is that right? I'm not sure. I'm not (laughs) sure. He's got a beautiful name. My pronunciation isn't isn't, um, phenomenal. Been reading um, some of his stuff, and I just think some of the newer authors that are coming out today around um, some of our societal issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really excellent voices and interesting things to say. And so that is where I have um, kind of been focusing yeah. some of my intention and time and trying to open my mind around experiences that maybe aren't in my worldview, but should be. I love it. I really, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So let's sort of dovetail this idea of continuing to learn and expand our mm-hmm. horizons and also bring it back to real estate, which is what we started the conversation sure. talking about. Are there? Um, how do you continue to grow and develop as a real estate agent? How do you learn new things? Uh, how do you stay with you know changes in the market and the times? Well, I think there's wonderful. So besides books, there's wonderful publications out there mm-hmm. and a lot of podcasts, new forms of media where we can really gain a lot of information. I think you need to keep a broad view, though, talking to lots of different people because, and, and listening from different sources because I feel like we, so much of our business really does rely on what's happening in the greater economy, mm-hmm. what is happening in the financial sectors, what is, I mean, real estate now, I would argue, is going to continue to be as volatile as the stock market now that real estate is really an investment product, not just to live in, but when they sell mortgages, because majority of people buy homes with mortgages, and those are bundled and those are sold. And as long as those remain on the stock exchange, we're going to see greater highs and lows. Yeah. And some more manipulation, more, um, more hands in the pot, so to speak. And so we need to understand what's happening on Wall Street. We need to we need to understand what's happening in D.C. We have to even understand world markets in terms of, you know, we're looking we're talking about lack of inventory right now. There aren't a lot of housing starts. We don't have new construction happening. Well, that's labor markets. That's um, what's happening in import export and and um, China and what's happening with some of the you know, the wars and the discontent and, um, you know, around the world. So I think as a realtor, if you're really going to be knowledgeable about what's going on and what's impacting and to forecast into the future, that you have to have your eyes um, on so many aspects of what's happening in our worldview. And there's lots of opportunity to gain insight. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We got dangerously close to talking about inflation, which was... Uh, we hedge- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hedge that. We'll save that one for another time. <laughs> absolutely. If uh, if somebody um, w- uh, came to you for advice and said, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about getting into the real estate business, mm-hmm. uh, how would you react to that? I would say do it. Yeah? I, I have never known, um, other than probably like 07, 08, yeah. um, a time when people regretted 
purchasing a property, mm-hmm. uh, especially in if they're looking for long term. I usually talk to people about you know what are their goals you know two to three years down the line because that might have an effect. But if you are looking long term investment. Real estate has had an arc to prosperity um, that I think people need to have in their portfolio, whether it's their, you know, one one great thing I always tell people too, especially new home buyers, real estate is one of, especially the house you're going to live in or the condo, it is one of the greatest investments you can have that will personally benefit you. You can't live in a stock. You can't hold family holidays in a bond. It is the one that will sustain you through the ups and downs and really give you the same benefit back. Not just financial, but but more than that. It'll protect your family, give you a place to grow and learn and, you know, grow grow as a human being. And so I think real estate is a really important part of any portfolio. Um, and then if you get into investment and long term, there are, you know, there are greater and greater returns when it comes to real estate. Mm-hmm. And you know, the th- same thing, when I, going back to my father, when we were going on job sites, the one thing about real estate is it's a limited resource. So when you have more people wanting less, oh, we're getting into inflation, right? There we go. There it is. <laughs> um, real estate is always going to generally go up in value um, as we have greater human populations. We have, you know, dealing more with what's happening on the, on the world stage. So real estate generally is a pretty safe investment yeah. over the long term. Yep. And I never talk to someone who 10, 15 years down the line, 20 years down the line say, you know, I really regretted buying that place. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a good investment long term. There you have it. Marjorie, a fount of experience and knowledge. Before we go, because we're just about to run out of time, yeah. if somebody wants to find you offline, if they want to find your social media or learn more from you about what you do, how will they find you? Um, you can go to www.marjorieallabastro.com. Um, and I have an Instagram handle, marjorieallabastro underscore realtor. You put it in the search and you'll find me. There aren't very many of us. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed spending some time together today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you.